Hey, welcome to the Sober Vibes Podcast. I am your host and sober coach, Courtney Anderson. You are listening to episode 158. Today, we are talking about ways for a happier hour. But first, before I introduce the guest, I just want to wish you all a happy end of November. It's November 30th of 2023, if you listen to this in real time. And I mean, Jesus, this month went by quick. Anyone else? Anyone else? I hope you all had a fabulous holiday weekend, you know, over Thanksgiving. And you ate some turkey or some cranberry sauce. All that stuff I do not enjoy, but I hope you enjoyed it and had a good time with your family. A few announcements first. Make sure if you haven't, all of the merch for Sober Vibes and Living on the Elledge is officially live. The link is in the show notes below. Also, too, my journal that I self-publish for 90 days. You can use this at any part of your sobriety. It's really for mindset work and that the link is in the show notes below. Okay. And that you can only get on Amazon. That is Amazon only. And in really, like I said, it's for the mindset work and good. Like I would use that at 11 years sober because ruts happen. And that's what it's really specifically designed for of getting in the spirit of gratitude, creating some affirmations for yourself, remembering why you aren't drinking today. It's the same prompts every day for 90 days. So I'm not asking you anything new and it's for consistency and recognizing your own patterns and even asking you what's your mood like today because this shit's not all rainbows and butterflies. There's some days where you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're like, oh my God, can I go back to bed? And it's only like 8.30 a.m., right? Like we have those days. That's the reality of this of, of life, whether you're sober or not. There's good days, there's bad days. But with the help of the consistency, it really does elevate your mindset and shift your perspective of thinking and getting out of that rut. So check it out. Links in the show notes. If you have not gotten your 30 days sober, not boring calendar, all those links are down below. And that is free because I have tons and tons and tons of free resources and to help you really to get to the next level of whatever you're getting to the next level in your journey of life. Fantastic. Our guest today is, she is an actress, a creator, and a modern sobriety tastemaker. Our guest today is Kate Madry, and she is the founder of Clearheaded Company. And I just really adore Kate. She's great. She shares her story of her sobriety and recovery journey, how she got sober in 2020, that year. And I do love, I do love the pandemic sober babies. I love it because what a great time to have said enough was enough and start changing for the better. Cause that is what happens when you quit drinking, your life changes for the better. And Kate is going to share some tips with you on how to get yourself in a happier hour, which I really loved her tips. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And I'll repeat this for like the fifth time in this this introduction. All of the links are in the show notes below, okay? And if you haven't gotten it yet, get my book, Sober Vibes, A Guide to Thriving in Your First Three Months Without Alcohol. 
I appreciate all the reviews you have left and your feedback of reaching out to me on Insta or through email or through Facebook. I appreciate it all. I'm glad this book has helped you in your journey today. All right. Enjoy the show. Keep on trucking and stay healthy out there. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you again. I know. I know. We just talked. We just did your podcast. You had me on your podcast twice, which I I really appreciate. Do you want to tell the good people of the world the name of your podcast? Yes. Courtney was on Clear Headed, which Mm -hmm. we spoke about her moment of clarity, both with getting sober and then with writing her incredible book. So that was some good convos. Yes. And then it's nice to say too, because last time we talked, the actor strike was still going on and now there's no more strike. So congratulations. Thank you. If this vote goes through, I'm hoping I'm learning through this process, the amount of, uh, I guess, layers, just like everything in life, strikes have layers and voting and do we vote it through and do we not? And do we see, need to see the contract and do we not? I'm I'm hopeful. I'm I'm ready for creatives to be able to get back to work and to hopefully start seeing more shows that show different kinds of sobriety and different journeys that don't always look like the traditional route. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, I di- I didn't tell you last time too, but my husband was part of the the union strike for the big three for the car companies. So nice. it was yeah, it was very nice. I mean, it's just nice to see that people are speaking up for themselves mm-hmm. and getting fair wage, and that the that these these big industries are being taken down by the man, right? Of just like yeah. of, of people getting it. So I hope to, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield, I believe is still in strike in Michigan. So I hope that they come to an agreement because uh, fair wages is what is right. Yes, totally. Fair rate wages. And also like, I think for me, this whole process I don't know if it's just because I'm sober and I don't know if you feel this way too, but anytime something big happens, shift wise or big shift takes place with any industry or any kind of worldly matter. I feel like there's such a direct overlap with sobriety because just the world changing calls for people to meet that change. And I think like where it overlaps with sobriety for me is like as your life changes or as my life has changed with no alcohol in it, my daily routines have to change and account for that. My friendships have to change and account for that. And a lot of that comes with speaking up and like owning what you need, mm-hmm. you know, saying I need this or I expect this out of a friendship or I expect this in my work life or I expect this and I need this in my personal relationships. So I'm seeing that like with SAG and all of the strikes going on, people are speaking up and asking Mm -hmm. for what they need. And I think it's so empowering to just Mm -hmm. witness and also see that like people will change with you when they value you and when they can. Yeah, Just getting into alignment with it is so like important. Yeah. Well, yeah. Boundaries are putting being put in place. Yeah. So yes. So why don't you tell us when you got sober? Share, share with us. 
Yeah, I it'll be on November 27th. It'll be three years, Amazing. which is so cool. I feel like the first year was a real mind blow. Like, wow, a year of my life is feels so different, but it really does just, just keep feeling different as time goes on. I got sober after really feeling like I was in such unalignment with who I wanted to be and what I knew I could offer. I wouldn't say I had like a traditional rock bottom moment, um, but I did have a rock bottom moment internally. Like I knew that I was not living my best life and that I could either keep escaping the realities that I wasn't happy with and kind of tarnish the good that was there, or I could really choose to stop escaping and work towards a life that I wanted to be present for a hundred percent of the time. And when I went through that moment, I didn't even like know that in my head. Like you get distance as hindsight's 2020, you know, I've mm-hmm. gotten so much clarity on my perspective that happened as I've stayed sober. And in the moment it felt really messy and very Desperate isn't the right word, but I just, I knew just so gutturally that something had to change. And I'm very lucky that I had the tools and resources and relationships that allowed for me to have such a linear journey. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you, how old were you when you quit drinking? Uh, that's such a good question. Do you ever feel like you're like, how old am I currently? Yeah. I never, I feel like I always stay mentally at like 25, but mm-hmm. I'm not 25. Mm-hmm. So it was three years and I'm 29. I guess I was 26. Okay. Did though, when you quit drinking, yeah, sometimes I was like, what day is it? Like, trust me, yeah. I wake up in the morning and like, I'm like, it's a Friday. Like, it's Tuesday. <laughs> but getting sober at 26, like did, mm. did your decision waking up that day was your or decision leading up to that point? Like, how can I be sober at 26 years old? Like, did that come into play into your mind? Yeah, a hundred percent. And even like, People who were close to me, even family members were like, when I would tell them I'm not drinking, would say, you're too young to do that. Like the pushback with using my age as like an excuse in some forms to continue to do a really toxic thing was very present. Mm -hmm. Specifically, I think it came up when before I had really considered the idea of being completely sober, I would try to do like a 30 day challenge or I would try to even go like a weekend Mm -hmm. because my social life was so built on booze. Like I think any 20 something, any, I honestly, any adult's life, it really, the age is nothing but a number, you know, like I look at my parents, friends, I look at my grandparents and my uncles and my aunts and all of those relationships are really based on booze because our culture is based on booze, Mm -hmm. but that's changing hopefully. (laughs) But I think the, the biggest hurdle for me was how to build relationships without alcohol because in my twenties, I'm still in them, but specifically in like my younger years. And really when I think about what like partying brought me or what going out and socializing brought me was these like foundational relationships that I was so desperately seeking and in need of. 
like any person, young adult, trying Mm -hmm. to find their footing. Mm -hmm. So my kind of double whammy was that leading up to being sober was my realization with my sexuality. I went from dating men to falling in love with my best friend who's a female and Mm -hmm. finding that attraction and then wanting to build on that and having kind of like a dating life all by the way, during a pandemic. So Mm -hmm. that's like an added layer of isolation and what the heck is going on and uh, germs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. like kissing and like right right that kind of stuff like that was was another layer yeah another layer of that do you think though that you would did you know that about yourself pre-sobriety you did I I didn't oh you didn't okay well I mean I I so Sarah and I like fell in love over tequila that's what we say we (sighs) built our like sexual relationship under the influence of this you know lack of inhibition, which now I know I did not need alcohol in order to do that. Yeah. But that is where we kind of stumbled into each other on like drunk nights and kissing Mm -hmm. while we when after we, you know, did shots and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was a big reason why I that relationship, I guess, was what was the good part of my life that I then began to ruin while drinking so much. And Mm -hmm. it was what I really wanted to hold on to because although I had developed these feelings in kind of a drunken state, I knew that that was my truth. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to abandon it Mm -hmm. um, to just keep drinking Mm -hmm. and just keep coping with the things that I didn't like. So when I, I mean, I think you always know, well, I won't speak for anybody else. I should really just say that I always knew I had an attraction with women, but I didn't know the, in an odd way, I didn't know that I had permission to do that. Yeah. This internalized homophobia that I think every single person who grows up honestly, as a millennial, probably has at one point or another some layer of homophobia. Mm-hmm. And it's not its not something that I really realized until I began to think about, like, why didn't I pursue any of that right. earlier on? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my alcohol use in my previous relationships was because I was so uncomfortable with it. And so I would use alcohol as a crutch to kind of blow through it and get through it. Yeah. But I had never in the moment like understood that it was because there wasn't like attraction was missing. I just Mm -hmm. thought, oh, I'm like, you know, this is just what you do. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, but think about how many people have continued to drink just to be it tolerate a person in a relationship in general, yeah, you know, it, and that's, what's crazy or just like continue to drink just to be able to have sex with somebody mm-hmm. of what yeah, you're totally. saying. Like it's, it's using that as using alcohol as that crutch. And as that, like, I don't, it's not even a superpower. It's like, just, it's, 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 the well, crutch. it numbs you. Yes. It numbs you. 
So in this really intense, vulnerable moment of intimacy, like physical intimacy, even just emotional intimacy, to numb out of that is actually like a big, big red flag that you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be, you don't need to be in it. And so Mm -hmm. when I experienced this intimacy with Sarah and I didn't necessarily want to numb out of it and I didn't want to not remember and I wanted to be present, it gave me a lot of fuel to come to kind of the realization and the and the the clarity that I wanted to and I deserve to have a life built on that truth mm-hmm. and that didn't that recipe for truth was not conducive with alcohol mm-hmm. um and honestly like sexuality is such an interesting thing and I think I'm learning about it every day Mm-hmm. Because even like gender identity and sexuality, they don't correlate. And and mm-hmm. so what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be attracted to a quote man? And what does it mean to be attracted to a quote woman? Mm-hmm. What if that isn't non-binary person? What if they don't fit into the binary? What does that mm-hmm. look like? And so I'm still learning that. And I'm still like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, there's always something new to learn. Oh my God. Yes. And yeah. And so. Well, and especially too, at different stages of your sobriety, like you said, like that, for that first year, you're just like, what just happened? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And then like, and then you get into year two and you're like, okay, I'm learning something more. And then it's like year three, I'm learning something completely different. You know, I, I feel like after year three, from like year three to year six, there was a lot more healing I had to do than year one to year mm. three, right? Like it's it's just each year it's it's just so different and and what you discover about yourself and and all of that. Yeah, totally. I'm excited for the healing. I do feel yeah. like um, and I, I don't think I'm unique in feeling this, especially with the way that the world is right now, but I'm feeling like evolution fatigue. <laughs> yeah. that like, do you, does that resonate with you? Because I, I do think it's the one thing that's so beautiful about sobriety is you have the space to move and evolve, but it can also feel like overwhelming the amount of times you have to grieve a version of yourself, even if it's to get to the truest, most honest most evolved version. Yeah. Um, that's why I honestly, and in this show, like my sister and I kind of joke about it, but I mean, that's why we talk about healthy disassociation some days. Yeah. Like honestly, right? because in sobriety, you, it it's, it's a journey. It is a process. And then some days you're just so sick of your own thoughts and then you <laughs> have to feel everything all day long. And that's <laughs> why, you know, you love Bravo too. That is why I love my my housewives. I, I yes. love them because that to me at nighttime, it's like, oh my God, let me just turn on Beverly Hills and just not think. I don't want to think, you know, and then too, and then you start like hearing people and being like, oh, well, if you sit there and binge watch a show, it's like you, you're numbing out. And it's like, no, I am being entertained. And I mean, you know, this being in, in the industry, it's entertainment. Yeah, right. And not everything has to be so serious all the time when I just want to keep it light some days, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so yes, I, and that is the fatigue of the evolution and like the constant healing. Like sometimes you just need to healthy disassociate. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think 
that disassociating like routine, like Mm -hmm. it changes. And I think the level in which you need to tune out changes, but that's like independent of sobriety. That's just like living life. Like I still needed to numb at different levels, even when I was drinking. So that didn't really, that's nothing new. It's Mm -hmm. just the tools in which I use to numb or to take a breath or take a pause or to step out of the emotional kitchen that is my brain is is just different but the permission to do that i think is what i'm learning the longer that i am in sobriety like giving myself grace has become Mm -hmm. a lot deeper Mm -hmm. and a lot more potent than it was even in the first year well yeah And I have to say the timeline of with where you're at, that's exactly what you'll start doing because then too, now you're going to start working on a little bit more of emotional sobriety and truly understanding what that is. You know, like you don't really know what emotional sobriety is that first year. Like that first year, it's just like, let me just get through another day of not drinking. And all honesty, that's what people should be focusing on of just- totally. With just another day of not drinking alcohol and build yourself that solid foundation of really one day at a time. But yeah, so you're you're in a transition here too of of stepping over that line into that that yeah. third year of really just digging deep into more of like that emotional sobriety and not being so hard on yourself where it is give yeah. yourself grace. And I think that the choice that I made to start kind of a business and a podcast and a website all in and revolving around my sobriety definitely has added to the level of like patience that I have to give myself because business at all is freaking hard. And then business that is so closely tethered to your personal mm-hmm passion is like just a whole other ball game of like, well, why aren't people understanding it? Why don't people like it? And how do I make sure that I don't take this personally when people aren't buying the thing or liking the thing or seeing the thing? And I I don't, because I do think that like for me, a lot of the drinking got me a lot of validation in a weird way even though like I didn't remember it I don't know if it was like the false confidence that I was feeling or the social aspect of it or feeling like that version of me was validated so I think that the business part of it is like trying to seek that validation as well and it's just not two things it's like trying to get orange juice from an apple it's just not going to be the same thing Mm -hmm. and so I I think that like adds to a layer too, like validation fatigue. I don't know. Validation seeking fatigue. Like, and I'm a very all or nothing person. And it's this constant pull of not just throwing in the towel completely and being like, just, why don't you just like wring out the towel a little bit and let it dry for a bit? You don't have to like throw it out or throw it in or whatever. Like just how do you live in that new space? Yeah. I mean, but starting a business is hard, but starting a business for anybody, whatever it's it's in, it's, it's hard. And the thing with businesses is it's like, you really got it. It's a long game. 
right? Mm, And then you have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. You know, I mean, currently right now I'm, I'm in a transition of what will happen with Silver Vibes in 2024 of restructuring it all. And Mm. that's okay because I'm at a different place in my life than when I first started this. And like, same thing for when you first started clear-headed, like it's just, it's a constant evolution of what you, what you said, but yeah, Yeah. just sometimes gotta just step away. Sometimes you can't hold on to stuff so tight as you were saying with the, with ringing it out a little bit, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I want to share with you today about a new product that I love. Sober Vibes and Exact Nature have a shared mission, helping you get sober and thrive. Exact Nature's healthy, all-natural CBD products can help. They're made for changes in mood, focus, cravings, and sleep that can be a part of getting sober. Founded by a father and son, both in addiction recovery, they know these challenges firsthand and have created a line of products to amplify the hope in your journey. Exact Nature offers oils, soft gels, gummies, and creams. Detox for cravings, serenity for calm and focus, and Z's for better sleep. There are thousands of CBD products on the market, but only Exact Natures are made for those of us in recovery. I'm a big fan of the serenity. For 20% off your order, use code SV20 for 20% off your order at exactnature.com. That is E-X-A-C-T. N-A-T-U-R-E dot com. The link will also be in the show notes below. You can use that code now and all year long. It's time to start feeling your best self and you can learn more at exactnature.com. Again, the link is in the show notes. I strongly recommend CBD to help you along your sobriety and recovery journey. Exact Nature now offers free shipping on all orders. Tell us how with Clearheaded, how it all started. Clearheaded started because I was a co-host on a different podcast and it was such a fantastic opportunity because the host that I would come in and like kind of co-host on some episodes is really influential. And she had a lot of pull in the kind of people that we could get to interview. And she let me suggest some people and try to get them on. And I suggested Holly Whitaker because I had read her book, Quit Mm -hmm. Like a Woman. Mm -hmm. And this was in like my first year of sobriety. And that book really influenced the way that I approached having a life without alcohol. So she came on the podcast. It was the first like celebrity interview that I ever did. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening and getting to ask questions about something that meant so much to me. And I went back home to Sarah, my girlfriend, and I was like, I think that I want to ask more people about what happens after that moment of clarity. Like I want to learn about the yummy, beautiful trials and tribulations and less about the rock bottoms and the the mugginess because mm-hmm. people tended to ask me about like my worst moments and I just was tired of reliving it and I didn't want to add to anything that kind of like went back there. Mm-hmm. So we started clear-headed and at first I was very 
anxious about doing just sobriety. So we kind of made it broad Mm -hmm. and we just talked about people's moments of clarity with a bunch of different subjects. Mm -hmm. But the sobriety episode really resonated with a lot of people. And so we expanded on that. And you were one of like my first like sober guests. And through hearing so many people's different perspectives and what they did to keep their sobriety linear, I just felt like there hadn't been a platform out there that was as luxe, as sexy, as kind of curated as like a violet gray for beauty or a goop for wellness. Mm-hmm. And so I would just talked to Sarah a lot about it. And I was like, I just wish somebody would sit down and just like they asked me what my freaking skincare routine is. They asked mm-hmm. me what my sober care routine is. And she was like, that's then let's create something so that yeah. people can do that. Right. And right. so we expanded from a podcast to a website and that's like what we've been just trying to figure out. Like how, how does that work? Like how do you bring in vetted products to people and what's the back end without like VC funding and like without going huge and without, you know, losing the integrity of your business. And I think that that really overlaps with sobriety. Like how do you stay linear without feeling empty or without feeling like you're white knuckling in? How do you make sure it's nourished and how do you make sure that you're surrounded by things that you really love and like build a happy life that's just so full and true and honest. And so we're still trying to figure out how to do that with clear headed. Like you said, it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just, that's where we're at right now. Um, yeah. But it's a beautiful, it's beautiful of what you've done. And I have to say, aesthetically, I do love it. Thank you. Uh-huh. I appreciate I that. I do. Like, so you you have definitely got something and it will just continue to grow and grow. And like, and again, too, it's, there's with business in yourself, it's like, you still got to take care of yourself, you know, like it's very easy to go all 1000% in into something. But then it's like, when you go 1000% into something, then you get neglected. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like there, there does have to be a balance because it can get very overwhelming still in sobriety and in business, you know, it's, it's all going to come together. You and I had a talk before your podcast last time we talked and I do your show is coming. I feel uh, it. Yes. I feel it. It's just a bunch of like recalibrating, I think. I think you just like never stop recalibrating because Mm -hmm. you need different things than you did a year ago, you know, Mm -hmm. in the moment, in the phase, in the month, in the season, in the day. Like it's just such a different, you're just always changing. Yeah, always changing in that, that that's okay. And I think that, and this is where too, you know, it's, when I was writing my book, my editor wanted me to put in Instagram accounts of sober influencers. And I said, I'm not going to do that (laughs) besides myself. And she's like, well, can you just share with me why? I said, because I don't know where these people are going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. I said, they might not even want to keep talking about this. She's like, yes. oh, I didn't think it. I didn't think it like that. And I was like, yeah, 
but I'll share with somebody like what, how you can go on Instagram and just type in sober, right? Like, because yes. it does get to a point. It's like, if, if you don't want to continue to talk about sobriety, because maybe you are in like eight, nine, 10 years in that you're just like, I want to try something different that that's okay to do. Right. You yeah. I, I appreciate hearing that mm-hmm. because I do think that in the same way where it's like you can't get overwhelmed like if you're mm-hmm. going to stop drinking you can't get overwhelmed by what it's going to be like mm-hmm. in 10 years mm-hmm. in when you're old when you're at your wedding when you're like zooming out it can be really detrimental and i think it can be really detrimental too in like the business element of it too to be sharing and to be opening up and like kind of offering your story my story is going to also change a bunch, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that can feel really overwhelming. So I appreciate you saying that. And also, I think what I'm learning is that just like I never want, you know, alcohol to be my one and only and what it what defines me, I also I'm not just sober. I'm so much more than that. And every single person who gets sober is always going to be so much more than just sober too. It's a beautiful thing. It's a foundational thing, but it also isn't, it doesn't just solely define you. You Mm -hmm. can do limitless things. So yeah. Well, and what I'm Yeah. I mean, and if with anybody, and I think that's, you know, I had my business coach tell me this. She was like, sober vibes is not all of you. It's an extension Mm -hmm. of you. Right. And like, you can have different, different things or different extensions of you, but that is not like you are your own self. You are not your business. Mm -hmm. And so when she said that to me, I was like, God damn. Again, I have had to pay people to tell me the simplest things that I've had, (laughs) you know, like, and it's just, it's crazy, but it is the truth. It's just like, it's once you decide to give up something that has been holding you back for so long, and a lot of people listening to this, it's alcohol, you give that up and you see what happens to you and you, it's going to be like, you know, again, after three years, something new is going to come up after six years, something new is going to come up. And it's just, it's okay to give yourself permission to keep growing and expanding in that direction. Yes, totally. You know, so besides clear headed, and then you're about to launch, we don't know a date yet, but you're in the works (laughs) of a, another podcast. Yeah, it kind of, it came really off of wanting to create a show that was more representative representative of the expansion that I'm trying to do on the mm-hmm. day-to-day that I think every person is trying to do, which is just how to have happier hours. For me, that means that there's no alcohol in my glass. Mm-hmm. But it also means doing things like learning about feng shui and mm-hmm. really taking the time to organize a closet or donate things appropriately or categorize things, manage time, manage money, get financially literate, all of these different things that really can nurture your happiest life and happier Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to develop that right now. And I've already had some really interesting conversations and I'm very excited about the, it's, in a weird way, I'm I'm noticing it right now, but it is kind of like going back to what, how clear-headed started, which is talking about one thing and 
multiple different areas and kind of the through line of that. And I'm excited to learn with the listener because I really serve as like a guinea pig Mm-hmm. to ask these experts mm-hmm. the questions that like I think are foundational in knowing how to start with something because mm-hmm. it can be really intimidating to even just start to learn or you Google something and then you're like, oh my gosh, down this rabbit hole. And now you're like, okay, feng shui, I got to move my bed. And oh my gosh, that one wall and I don't have a solid wall in my office and where am I going to put it? And it's just very easy to get overwhelmed and then leave it alone forever and not implement anything. So That's my goal with this. I love it. I think it's a great, I think it's a great, I told you before, it's it's amazing. It's a great concept. And I love, I love the title and, and people need to listen to that kind of stuff, especially to like in season five, I'm going to have it a little bit more, but about finances, because that is something that I have learned so much about and keep learning about and like talking money actually. Mm -hmm. And, and all of that, like it, I like it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because it's so interesting, the whole concept of money and getting yourself out of debt and just even in sobriety, changing your finances around. It's not going to happen at day one, but it happens down the road if you choose to continue to do it. But just like that topic, money is so interesting yeah. and all like learning about investing and in all of that and just... I think more and more people need to learn about money because a lot of people are financially illiterate. Yeah, totally. And it's really overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. I am still learning so much. And I think we're in a really unique time in our economy where things are going to continue to change very rapidly, some for the better and some for the worst where you invest your money, what businesses you invest your money in, what is a savings account, what's what is, you know, points on a credit card, all of these things that you can use mm-hmm. to your advantage, I have no idea about and I would like to start knowing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I heard a quote on TikTok when when I know I'm, I'm <laughs> quoting TikTok. It's fine. But it quote was away. a really good it was a quote where somebody said, you know, nothing is going to come to you that you're fearful of. And that includes money. Yeah. It includes peace. It includes stability. Nothing is going to come to you if you are fearful of it. And I think that that concept just like blew my mind because it's knowledge is power. And I think being less fearful of peace means knowing how to garner it, Mm -hmm. being less fearful of finances means knowing how to manage them. And I think also that comes in line with sobriety, like being fearful of a sober life. How you get rid of that is by building a strong foundation that leads you on the, to be able to walk a path linearly. If that's something that you want, I'm excited to talk about it all and really learn from people who you know, are experts in these really niche, unique, mm-hmm. cool fields. Because mm-hmm. you can't you can't be an expert in it all, you know? No, 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 you can't. You can't. But, and that's the whole thing. And well, that's good too, because that's you being a student of wanting to learn that, that's going to make for a really good podcast. Yeah, for I think a, so. For a host who is sitting there, you know, 
gobbling up that information and excited to learn with the listener. So I'm excited to listen to it. So what would be three tips? Because I just love the happier hour concept. What would be three tips that you would give somebody to live a happier hour without alcohol? Well, first I would go for the first thing that you reach for, which is probably a drink. If you're not filling it with alcohol, fill it with something else. And I really, my biggest tip is to change the glass, upgrade it. Since you're upgrading what you're putting in your body, you deserve to also upgrade what you hold in your hand. So go to CB2, go to like West Elm, look on Etsy at some really fun vintage glasses, Mm -hmm. place that order and get excited about drinking sparkling water or Diet Coke, like whatever Mm -hmm. you're going to put in it. That really can spark a lot of joy. And it also changes your habit, your physical habit of having a drink or pouring a drink just enough that I think there's like a dopamine release whenever you see something that you really aesthetically like and Mm -hmm. that doesn't stop at your glassware. So hit that, get that dopamine hit in a healthier Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And then my second tip is to extend that upgrade to your space And that can mean releasing a lot of things that no longer serve you. So going through your closet, figuring out what no longer like feels good on your body. Maybe like for me, it was a lot of the high heels that were all scuffed from my drinking nights walking (laughs) around Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I donated. I got rid of. That really can make you're getting dressed hour happier mm-hmm. and you're getting undressed hour happier too. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is really to take a look at your lighting. That seems like mm-hmm. what, but mm-hmm. it makes such a difference. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you can only start small, like maybe you upgrade the lighting in your bedroom, that doesn't mean you have to change your lamps, just your bulbs. Putting it from like an LED blue white light can and changing it to like an Edison bulb, something with a softer yellow light. Even if you want to get crazy and order an Amazon one where you can make it like blue or red Mm -hmm. or something, Mm -hmm. just something to get excited about. Lighting really does impact mood and the softer yellow light you can create around you on the day-to-day, the more calm, the more joyful, and the more cozy you'll feel, which will lead to happier hours wherever, whatever hour you turn your lamp on. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't even expecting you to say about the lighting, but it is very true. It's so it's true. super true. It's true. I mean, and I agree with you of like just changing your space and your environment, especially when you first quit drinking. You mm-hmm. know, I have said that in my book. It's like you have been sitting in very stale energy for a long ass time. So like, even if it's just buying a pillow, we're not 100%. asking to set, spend like thousands of dollars, but it's maybe you have a pillow that's downstairs in your basement you haven't used in some time, you know, just yeah. like, just, you got to switch up the energy. You yeah, got to switch it up. There's also something that they do. I don't know if it's in Sweden. I believe it's in Sweden. It might be in Norway, it might be in both, but like every season they let the house breathe. So mm-hmm. you open all of the windows in your house and you completely air out your house and that can really alleviate that stale energy, even if it's cold outside, like even if it's snowing, they still do it because it keeps, it also puts in fresh air, which then heats and cools more easily. So it's actually better environmentally 
for you and then just energetically too. So you, if you have no money to spend, open your windows. Yeah, It really will make a difference. I'm a huge open window and my husband would come home and be like, are you having hot flashes? I'm like, no, it was stale in here and I needed to breathe. Like, yes. but I, but I, my mother was, has always been like that. So like in that, my mother was like, oh, get some fresh, fresh air and fresh energy. But I did read that recently too, that environmentally is what you just said of your house, that opening a window for an hour or a couple windows in the home will help with the air quality in your home. Yes. Yeah. Which and, is, it's like, it makes so much sense, but I had never thought about that. Yeah. And to the air quality. And if like any, you know, if your home has any like odors, uh, it's just mm-hmm. that that fresh daily fresh air will help those odors go away. And I'm like, this is so true. So true. It is so true. I saw on TikTok to this girl, her name's Nikki. She said, don't succumb to nose blindness in your home. And I mm-hmm. think that's true because we get nose blind. Like mm-hmm. we don't realize the scent that is just constantly around our house until mm-hmm. Somebody else says something. So don't be a victim of nose blindness and open your windows and get those stale fragrances that you've become accustomed to out of it. Yeah, it especially makes a difference. if you have pets as well. Uh-huh. You know, because those little those little love bugs, they smell. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> they stink. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of your goodness with us today. Tell Tell the good people of the world where they can find you. You can follow me personally at Kate Madry. You can follow Clearheaded at clearheaded.co on Instagram. You can go to the website at clearheaded.co. <laughs> nice and easy. And if you want to follow the new podcast Instagram, the handle is It's Happier Hour, which I can't believe I got that handle. Perfect. Pretty, pretty I know. incredible. Wasn't I was like, good? no one has them. So it's amazing. I know when it just works out like that, you're like, thank God. Oh. Um, Well, I will put all of those in the show notes and thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you.